Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Everybody, welcome to a bite of the Big Apple. Uh, it's actually a show. We called it a show because I can't sing or dance, so I, I'm just going to call it a program. As we welcome in Paul Schwartz, the Giants beat writer from the New York Post. It seems like the Giants want to dominate the back page of your newspaper. Well, Howard, good to hear you. Good to be with you. Um, um, well, you know what? We always say that um, you know dominating the back page of the New York Post in March is one thing, right? Dominating in December and January is something else. So yes, right now uh, for this month, the Giants are dominating the back page, and their goal is to dominate in uh, you know November, December, January. We'll see how that works out. It's interesting that um, two free agent signings can make such a big splash, uh, but let's face it, Kenny Galladay was the coveted wide receiver free agent to go. And the Giants, uh, to a couple of people's surprise, wound up landing a big fish to add to their 31st-ranked offense from last year. And that is obviously the reason why they made such a big push to improve the offense. Yeah, look, there was no secret, Howard, that the Giants would have wanted a guy like Kenny Galladay. He was the best receiver on the market after some guys got their franchise tag. Um... But it just it just didn't seem that that the Giants, you know, uh, uh, ten days ago were going to be big players in this. They didn't have a lot of money to spend, and that should really teach us a lesson that that you know there are teams there were teams like the Saints who who were you know millions and millions above the cap, and they had to do a lot of roster manipulation just to get under. The Giants were not quite there. You know, the Giants were you know three four million over the cap. I mean, under the cap, excuse me. But they always knew they had guys like Kevin Zeitler and Nate Solder that they could rework or release, and and they could gain you know fifteen million cap space very quickly. But it still didn't seem like they were going to be the kind of team that would just sign these top players. And yes, Kenny Galladay is a guy. I think he he. he kind of enlivens the whole operation, the offense, the fan base, the coaching staff, um, even the media to a certain extent, you know what I mean, to, to yep. that, bring in a guy who's a good player like that. So, yeah, I mean, this was – the need was easy to spot, but, you know, the financial wherewithal uh, to bring him in, to recruit him, to sign him really was something that – I wouldn't say it took me off guard because I've been writing about him for a while, but, I, you know, I wasn't sure they could do it money-wise and – uh, they did that, and then they kept on doing things. Well, you know, the yesterday they had uh, a cornerback, uh, Adoree Jackson, who was a cornerback from the Tennessee Titans. Seems odd. I mean, didn't uh, former Giant cornerback Janoris Jenkins wind up signing with Tennessee? Um, I believe he did, yes. Yeah. I believe he did. You know, Adoree Jackson's 25 years old. Um, he was coming off a season where he had knee problems, didn't play a lot, so that really had to be checked out. You know, and, and Howard, the Giants 
don't just walk in, you know, have these guys walk into their building, say, how you feeling? You know, have a, have a, have a, have a trainer touch his knee and say, he's fine. <laughs> you know, so they, they send these guys to the hospital for special surgery. You know, they, they, they give them a, a, you know, a car service and they send them into Manhattan and they have, uh, you know, MRIs or x-rays, whatever they need. Their doctors look at it. You know, this is all done quickly and efficiently and so you know they're not taking anybody's word for anything so you know just like Kenny Galladay I mean Kenny Galladay played in five games last year with a hip flexor injury and um you know you gotta research that you gotta investigate that and the Giants did so you know it's you know the MRI doesn't lie right it it tells you what you need to see and it did for um Kenny Galladay it did for Dory Jackson and you know after the Galladay signing I knew that the Dory Jackson was coming in and I'm like wow this is an interesting guy he was a salary cap casualty with the um, Titans. He's 25 years old. He's a former first-round draft pick from USC. You know, this is interesting. But, you know, man, are they going to be able to summon up enough money to get this guy done? And, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stop wondering about the money with the Giants. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think they're, they're going to make any more big-time, big-salary signings here. But until they stop and, and the money runs dry, I'm, I'm going to shut my mouth because they keep <laughs> on doing it. Let's go back to Galladay because he joins a receiving core that includes Sterling Shepard, uh, Darius Slayton, uh, new tight end Kyle Rudolph, who spent forever with the Minnesota Vikings, and they also have Evan Ingram. The signing of Rudolph, how does that impact Ingram? Um, I don't think it does at all, really, because um, he didn't get a lot of money, Rudolph. Um, you know, he's counting less than $5 million on the cap. Um, you know, when when when... when I heard that signing, you know, the natural reaction was, okay, boy, what are they doing with Evan Ingram? Look, Evan Ingram's cheap. He's $6 million bucks this year. He's playing on his um, fifth-year tender as a first-round draft pick. Um, the coaching staff likes him. You know, Joe Judge is either the greatest liar in the world or he keeps on, he keeps on praising Evan Ingram. Now, look, he's not praising his drops or his, his, his uh, you know, the balls deflecting off his hands and, and uh, you know, going to the other team for interceptions. You know, that, that, that stuff can't happen, and it happens too often with Evan Ingram. But they clearly see the talent in this guy, and they're going to keep him at least for this year. So, you know, Kyle Rudolph is in, what, his ninth, tenth year of his career, as you mentioned, all with the Vikings. He is on the downside. You know, no one's going to spin this that he's the Kyle Rudolph of 2016 or, you know, when he had, a, you know, 80-something catches, whatever. He's on the downside, but he's, he's, he's they signed him to be a savvy veteran Number two tight end, he can block, he can catch the ball. He has, I think, Howard, 40 red zone touchdowns in his career. Mm. So they're not expecting him to be Gronk or in his prime or, you know, or, or George Kittle or, or uh, Travis Kelsey. They're expecting him to be probably a, a slightly faded version of, you know, what what Kyle Rudolph was. And, and that will be good enough with all the other pieces around him. Okay, he's Paul Schwartz, the Giants beat writer for the New York Post. So now that they've signed a receiver that they needed, now they've signed a quarterback they needed, um, they, that basically takes them out of the wide receiver market with their first pick number 11, or, or does it? Or does it? Or does it? Yes. Um, you know, what this, the, the, you know the, the beauty of the Kenny Dolliday signing, as you mentioned, is, is, is you know, many, many facets. You know, first of all, it's going to help Darius Slayton as an outside receiver. It's going to help Sterling Shepard, who now can play in the slot. It's going to help Saquon Barkley, oh, by the way, right, coming back yeah. from an ACL. Now the, 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 the field can be spread more with these weapons on the outside, and, and you have to, you know, you, you can't put a lot of men in the box and, 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 and not respect the, the passing game, you know, as long as they can block. So, so then you go to the draft, and you think, you know, without Kenny Galladay, 
this team said, we have to get playmakers. We have to get playmakers on offense. So without Kenny Galladay, you, you, you're almost taking a megaphone and shouting. With the number 11 pick in the 2021 draft, the New York Giants are taking a wide receiver. And that's a bad way to, that's way, a bad way to go into a draft. Now, any team that wants a receiver may say, you know what, we have to trade up to number 10. we got to get the guy the Giants want to get here because the Giants are going to take him. There's a lot of good receivers. So they don't have to take a receiver, no. But you know what, if they think that you know Jalen Waddell or Devonta Smith, if they say, my God, these guys are just unbelievable prospects, and one of them is sitting there, they could take him, right? They could take him, you know. And 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 now and now, you know, maybe in 2022, you make a move with Sterling Shepard. Um, we'll see. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, you know, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs don't seem to have a problem, you mm. know, putting putting a lot of weapons on the field. So, you know, do I think they would do that? Probably not right now. But um, you know, that's the beauty of the number 11 pick right now. They can, you know, and and then you so I'm I'm thinking to myself, you know, boy, they really need a cornerback. Now they signed a Dory Jackson. So they're not desperate to sign a cornerback so they can sign an offensive lineman. They can sign a pass rusher if they like one. They can sign a receiver, as you mentioned, if they really like one. They can sign a cornerback if they like one. They can do whatever the heck they want, and they're drafting from a position of strength to get a really good player and prospect rather than, my God, we got to get this guy because, you know, we got to fill a hole. Yeah, he's uh, Paul Schwartz of the New York Post. Uh, I'm going to throw a name at you. And even though they've signed a cornerback, is a guy named Patrick Sertan Jr., or the second, from Alabama. And I remember his father with the Miami Dolphins. He was a pretty fair cornerback. And yep. so if the apple did not fall far from the tree, he's a guy that's going to be coveted by a lot of teams. Howard, I would not bat an eye or argue one iota if, if they draft Sertan. First of all, he's from Alabama, okay? Uh, Joe Judge coached at Alabama. He's got strong ties to Alabama. You know, did you notice in free agency – the Giants signed, you know, under you know smaller signings. They signed Reggie Ragland, who's an inside linebacker from Alabama. Just today, they signed Ryan Anderson, an outside linebacker who was a second-round pick of Washington from Alabama. So you know, taking a guy from Alabama is not is never a a, 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 a shot in the dark when you have Joe Judge. You know, he, he coached with with Nick Saban at Alabama, and you know, if they look at Sertan and say, "Oh my God, he's a drop dead knockdown." great cornerback for the next 10 years. You know what? You can't have too many of them. So now you have James Bradbury. Now you have Dory Jackson. Then you, you take Sertan and you say, you know what? We have three great cornerbacks. We have a bunch of good safeties. We have the best, potentially the best secondary in the league. Let's not forget the Patriots won Super Bowls, not with great pass rushers, sometimes not with great linebackers, with great secondary. So why not replicate that? So you can do, I mean, I, I, I still think, you know, if one of these great offensive lineman prospects is there, I think that's a real need. Uh, you know, you can draft the guy Slater from Northwestern. Now he, you fit him in, he could be our starting right tackle. Now you have... You have two guys at, on the outside. You have Slater, perhaps, at right tackle. You know, you have uh, the kid from Alabama last year playing left tackle, and now you've got two tackles maybe for the next decade. That that That's a really good thing. But, yeah, you want to draft a cornerback? You know, it's like pitching, right? You have you have five good starters. Mm -hmm. If there's a sixth one available, heck, sign them, right? You can't have too many of them. Yeah, well, I, I don't think Rashawn Slater is going to be around uh, when the Giants draft at 11. I, I mean, I've heard a lot of things in talking to people that I know that uh, if he gets to number five, Cincinnati grabs him. Well, okay, yeah, but, you know, don't forget there's going to be a rush on, on quarterbacks. 
Um, there's not a lot of pass rushers. You could be right. Sure, you know, Kyle Pitts is a guy, the tight end from Florida. You know, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking, well, maybe they could draft him. You know, uh, you know, tight ends are, are, are weapons in the league right now. But, you know, and, and you know what? They still could draft him. Um, Evan Ingram is on the last year of his contract. So this is a complete mm-hmm. make good year for Evan Ingram. You know, Kyle Rudolph, as I mentioned, is on the downside. If they look at Kyle Pitts and say, you know what? This guy's not just a tight end. He's an offensive weapon. You know, he makes us different. Okay, take him. So, yeah, I mean, if, if one of the offensive linemen, see, now you're not just hoping, hoping, oh, my gosh, we need an offensive lineman. We hope one of them drops. Or we maybe we take a guy who's the third best offensive lineman, but it's a little bit of a, it's a, little bit of a, uh, a rush job here. It's a little bit of a stretch. They don't have to stretch for anybody right now. They have a lot of needs. And it, does, it doesn't hurt you to double up on positions. It really doesn't. There's injuries. There's all these other things. You know, don't forget, right, Howard, for years, the Giants just kept on drafting defensive linemen, pass rushers, right? They had O.C. and they had Tuck and they draft Kiwanuka. Why are they doing that? Then they draft J.P.P. Why are they doing that? Because, once again, you can't have too many of those guys. Yeah. Uh, so l- let's talk about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones now has added a couple of weapons, plus, as you mentioned, the return to Saquon Barkley. And, and if, if you look at a Saquon Barkley, you know he's an explosive running back. Uh, but his blocking has been questionable. I imagine they'll spend a lot of time working on that. Sure. I mean, look, Joe Judge is a, he, you know, Saquon only got two games for Joe Judge, right? Only two games. So, you know, any of these, your greatness, any of the, the, um, the things he needs to work on, they really didn't manifest themselves. So, yes, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Judge is not going to, is not going to um, accept a guy, you know, if Saquon wants to be on the field on third down or even on second and 10, he's got to be able to pass block. And you want Saquon on the field because if you throw him a, a four yards pass in the backfield, he can get another 30 for you. So, um, you know, Saquon take, can't take himself off the field by, by not, um, you know, picking up blitzes, by not uh, being in the right place, by not making the block when and need be. Look, he doesn't have to play every snap, and you can have a, put in a guy on third down, sure, um, and then you can split Saquon out wide. I mean, that's what you want to do, and you want to have a guy in the backfield who, you can, who can have blocking. Uh, yeah, look, Saquon is coming off a knee. He's working hard. I think he's going to be okay in the summer for training camp, maybe not at the start. You know, there's no reason to rush him here. Uh, but, um, you know, Saquon has to prove himself all over again, too. He didn't get a lot of time with his coaching staff. So it's, it's you know, it's not what have you done for me lately. But, um, you know, Saquon had a, basically a game and a half with this coaching staff. Uh, Paul, let, this, it's, it's March, okay? We're not, we're not uh, past the draft yet. There's still some more things that have to happen. But Dallas made the move they had to make. And they should have made it two years ago with Dak Prescott. They didn't. And so now it cost them a lot more money than if they had signed him two years ago. So I, I think it's fair to say that, that, that Jerry Jones uh, kind of dropped the ball a little bit, should have signed Dak Prescott before it got to this point, but he didn't. But the fact of the matter is they do have Dak Prescott. And so now they're a lot better than they were last year without him. Washington has made a couple of moves. Philadelphia, not so much. So here's a, here's a division that a team with a, a losing record wound up going to the playoffs uh, I, I, can you see that happening again? Um, well, until proven otherwise, and in, right, until these quarterbacks prove themselves, I mean, do I think the Cowboys are going to have a losing record? No. Um, Washington, as you mentioned, you know, I, I'm a little puzzled. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Henke, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm Heineke, I'm not so sure that they're, you know, I don't know what their quarterback situation is like, you know, um, uh, 
the Eagles, you know, at this time last year was Carson Wentz. Now it's not Carson Wentz. You know, he's with the Colts. So, you know, is Jalen Hurts the answer? I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know about that. I really don't. You know, is Daniel Jones the answer? Uh, look, here's what I know about, about Daniel Jones is that he's cheap. This is his third year of his rookie deal. That's cheap. Uh, next year is his fourth year of his rookie deal. The Giants can franchise tag him after that. So the Giants have a three-year window with Daniel Jones where he's cheap labor for them. You know, and, and so they don't have to, you know, pay 20, 18, 20, 25 million on the salary cap to a quarterback. So this is, I think, why they're loading up with Galladay, you know, with a bunch of these guys, you know, and, and, and the cap in next year will go up. In two years, it will really go up. And so all these big balloon payments they have to pay on the salary cap in 2023, uh, the salary cap will be 25, 30 million dollars more probably. So they can they can they can deal with that. So this is this is the time. I mean, Daniel Jones. I mean, put it this way, uh, you talk about you know uh, bad problems and good problems. Mm. At, at this time next year, if Daniel Jones is coming off a you know a nine or ten win year and he looked terrific with all these weapons, and people are saying, man, you know I think they need to think about resigning Daniel Jones now. You know before before he's on the last year of his contract and before he ever gets to that fifth year option, that's a good problem. You know if, if next year at this time we're thinking, eh. I don't know about Daniel Jones. You know, he showed some good things. I don't know if they want to commit to him. That's a bad thing. Have Daniel Jones play so well where his agent is calling up and saying, you better lock my guy up now. You know, let's give him a four or five year extension, 25 million a year. Let's go. Um, you know, if, if he doesn't play well, the Giants laugh at that. If he plays really well, the Giants have to consider it. So, you know, that that's another thing on the horizon. But for right now, he's cheap labor. Yeah, you mentioned um, the Eagles and and uh, Hurts uh, now. Uh, Jalen Hurts right now is the number one quarterback. Uh, but they drafted number six. There's a lot of good quarterbacks or potentially good quarterbacks in the draft. And one that comes to mind at number six could be Justin Fields from Ohio State. Uh, I, I thought I went gaga over him when I saw him play against Clemson. Not so much the next game he played. So, I mean, look, you're dealing with rookie quarterbacks. And unless you're talking about Trevor Lawrence, a lot of them, the rest of them, I think, are just question marks. Look, I mean, is Trevor Lawrence a question mark? Not really, right? right. I mean, the bus factor on him is small, but, you know, go, go down the list of the guys who the number one picks in the draft who are quarterbacks. It's not a very pretty list, you know? I mean, I mean, it, it, you know, for every Peyton Manning, there are guys who, who Jameis Winston, you know, there are guys, you know, Tim Crouch, you know, there are guys who, who you know, oh, man, first pick in the draft, the quarterback, they, they don't always work out here. Um but you're right. You're right. You know, the, the kid from BYU, you know, some people think is, is, is the next Patrick Mahomes. Okay. You know, the kid from Alabama, you know, the big tall guy who people think are, are um, you know, Jones, who people think is, is you know, could be a, a more athletic Tom Brady, you know, a big statuesque pocket passer. Okay. You know, one of the, some of these guys will hit. Some of them will be okay. Some of them will fail miserably. Um, you know, look, if the Eagles take a quarterback and they kind of move Hurts to the side here, then, then, you know, what plan do they have? You know, they drafted Hurts when they had Carson Wentz. Right. Uh, why did they draft him in the second round if they didn't think he was any good? Okay, so the whole Carson Wentz thing blew up in their faces. So now they have Hurts. The same guys who would draft a quarterback now at number six drafted Hurts at number two. Yeah. So, so, you know, so, so to me, that, that then, you know, Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, to me, if I'm the owner, I look at that and say, wait a second, wait a second. You know, you know what are we doing here? You know, are we just playing, you know, you know, you know, steal the bacon? Who's next with these quarterbacks? I mean, these are valuable spots. We could use that on, on any one of a number of players. So, you know, you have to have a plan of quarterback. You know, the Giants have a plan with Daniel Jones. 
we'll we'll see if it's the right plan. You know, I'm not I'm not endorsing it as the right plan, but at least it's a plan. Yeah. You know, if if they would take a if they would have taken another quarterback next year, or they take a quarterback this year, what the heck's the plan? Great point. And, and look, I I read the same thing too about the owner of the Eagles wanting to keep Jalen Hurts and all of that. And, and my response to that is, don't let people know what you're thinking. Uh, you're the owner of the team. And every time an owner, uh, hello, Jerry Jones, every time an owner gets intricately involved in the drafting of players, leave it to the football people. I mean, a lot of guys think that they know more than the football. Leave it, in the Giants' case, to Dave Gettleman. Uh, leave it to, to, to judge the, uh, the coach. Keep the football people in the loop. Let them make the decision. They, I think they know what's best for the team. I understand owners, and they have a right to say whatever they want. It's their team. They own the team. But it's not like another business. It's not like, I'll use Jerry Jones as an example. He's very big in the gas and oil business. His friends don't care about his gas and oil business. They want to talk to him about the Dallas Cowboys. And they offer opinions. And these guys take these opinions and they say, hey, uh, the guys that I'm talking to say, I should draft this guy or I should draft this guy. That's when they get into trouble. When, When owners who own outside businesses have been successful they think it translates to being successful in the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, whatever. Well, I, I think Jerry Jones has done a better job of that. I mean, remember a few years ago, there were all sorts of rumblings that he wanted Johnny Manziel, yep. right? And, yep. and his football people were saying, no, 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 no. And I said, oh, man, Jerry's going to put the hammer down. He, he knows a big story, a big name in, in Texas. He was going to pick Je- Johnny Manziel. He didn't do it. Good move. Look. Every year, Wellington Mara, God rest his soul, when he was with the Giants as the, as the you know, patriarch and the owner of the Giants, he's in the draft room. Just like John Mara, who runs the team now, is in the draft room. They're in the draft room, and they listen. You know, Wellington Mara was, was a football guy, right? He listened. He listened. Uh, the scouts talked. The GM talked. The, you know, the, uh, the um, head of uh, you know, college scouting talked. They all talked. The coach talked. They all have their say. They all have their say. Before they signed off on a pick, um, certainly the first, you know, few picks, you know, maybe in the sixth, seventh round, it wasn't quite as dramatic. But, you know, first round pick. As soon as they signed off, Mr. Mara, this is what we're thinking. What do you think? You know, Wellington Mara could have said, no, I don't want it. He didn't. He listened. He listened. He gave his He gave his piece. He said his piece. Just like John Mara will. He'll say his piece. Well, have we researched this entirely? Why are we not taking the quarterback? They asked their questions, but then... They, they say, okay, the football people make their decisions, you know, and, 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 and you know, look, you remember the day they cut Phil Sims, who everybody loved. Wellington Mara was in the back of the room crying when they announced that they were, you know, cutting him. He was crying. Wellington Mara could have walked in and told George Young, you're not cutting Phil Sims. You're not cutting him. <laughs> what about the salary cap? You're not cutting him, George. That's it. I'm the owner. You're not cutting him. George would have said, okay, we're not cutting him. But... He, he, he discussed it. They said we need to do this for the salary cap. Uh, he's got a bad shoulder. We need to we need to you know cut bait here, and they did. And Wellington was not happy about it, but he did it. So right, I, you know, I mean, right. The owners look. Owners have say. They're the owners for a reason. They're the ones with the big bucks. They pay everyone's salary. Um, some of them have no clue. Some of them have half a clue. Yeah. Some of them have have <laughs> a decent clue, but the, the ones who have the most clue. Let the football people handle it. Yeah, just don't get your emotions involved. You don't make a pick based on emotion. I mean, I remember when, was it, uh, Oakland drafted Jamarcus Russell with number one overall? How'd that work out? 
<laughs> Not too good. Well, yes, the Raiders have been known for that. No question about it. Uh, uh, you know, no question about it. it it's um, look, the football people can make a lot of mistakes on their own. You know, they, they're the experts, and they can make a lot of mistakes. They don't need you know the shipbuilder or the oil man or the uh, you know you know whatever you know the uh, the uh, the tech guy. You know, they don't need the the owner or the real estate guy. They don't need that guy to make the mistakes for them. They can make their own mistakes. Uh, what's interesting to me, Paul, and I read your account of uh, the process with which they went through uh, to get to know Kenny Galladay a lot better. And they, uh, I guess he stayed over. Uh, my guess is they didn't put him up at Motel 6. No offense to Motel 6. So they wind and dine him. They wanted this guy, to, they wanted to put out their best foot forward uh, to woo a guy that they feel was going to make their team better. And so, uh, I mean, even to the point of where Jabril Peppers was texting his support for, uh, you know, go out and sign Galladay. Uh, I, it's an, an interesting business in, in terms of recruiting free agents and what goes into that process. You know, it, it was, this was old school, you know, this was this, you know, if we were doing a podcast, you know, 15 years ago, this would be the process we talked about where the agent sends up the meeting, the guy flies in, uh, uh, you know, uh, in the, in the afternoon, evening. Uh, he, he goes out to, he meets the coaching staff. They don't talk a lot of football. They hang out. They go to a great steakhouse in the city. Yeah. They hang out. There's eating. There's a little drinking, you know, not a lot. They, they talk, they schmooze, they, they, you know, get together. The next morning they, they go to the hospital. They, they check the guy out and they put him on the board. They, they talk football. They, they show him the facility, talks to the GM a little bit. They show him the team cafeteria, the practice facility, wine and dine. Everything's going well. And then they, then they, um, you know, everything goes well. Okay, let's, you know, then, 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 you know, the, 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 the player, you know, reports back to his agent and said, look, man, this is a good spot. Let's get going here. And then they talk, start talking numbers with the cap guys and they see if it can work out. Sometimes the guy says, look, I'm, I'm scheduled to go to Chicago and, and Arizona and Philly next. I'm, I want to make a tour. I want to make this a tour. You know what I mean? I want to be wind and dine by three or four teams. Sometimes the team says, okay. Sometimes the team says, no, no, no. Let's, let's, we want to make a deal done today. And, you know, if you walk out that door, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. But this was old school. Yep. The one thing I, I, I don't think I've ever, you know, this look, Twitter is fairly new in, in the whole span of the NFL, NFL cycle here. But, you know, yes, Jabril Peppers is texting. Yes, guys are, are, are um, tweeting and things. But, but when Dory Jackson came in, Logan Ryan posted a picture of the two of them in a restaurant in the city, hmm. you know, you know, hanging with my guy. They played together with the Titans. Um, you know, Logan Ryan's with the Titans before, you know, after the Patriots and before he came to the Giants and with a Dory Jackson, they shared, you know, the defensive backfield together. And he's tweeting a picture of that. Okay. So that was really interesting to me. You know, I, I, I was thinking, well, Dory Jackson wants to go to the, he wants to take a visit to the Eagles uh, maybe the Eagles can give him a little more money. You know, boy, after Kenny Galladay, I don't know if they can sign a Dory Jackson. And then and that, that picture surfaces, and I'm thinking, you know, Logan Ryan is not taking him out to dinner. Uh, you know, the Giants know he's taking him out to dinner and trying to recruit his former teammate. And, and you know, the Giants, Logan Ryan's going to look bad if the Giants are going to say, well, you know, we're really going to only offer a one-year $8 million deal here. You know, we just want to, you know, if he doesn't have any other deals, we'll see if we can get him on the cheap. Um, you know, Adoree Jackson got three years and $39 million. They paid him darn good money. Yeah. So once I saw that, I said, boy, boy, this is a new way of doing things with, you know, the players recruiting the guys via social media and, and putting it out there. It used to be kind of kept quiet, you know. Now it's like the heck with keeping quiet. We're putting it out there. We're almost, you know, Logan Ryan was almost 
putting the pressure on the Giants. You know, I'm, I'm, this is out there. I'm doing everything I can. You know, the, the whole Twitterverse sees it. I'm doing the best I can to, to, to get recruit this guy to come to our team. You got to make it happen with the money here, or else you're going to look bad. So that that was an interesting take. Yeah, let me ask you about the Lions. The Lions didn't just let him walk out the door, Galladay. I mean, they they made him an offer, right? Uh, the Lions. The Lions made him an offer last year. Uh, they, you know, they talk in contract last year, and that's why some people thought that Kenny Galladay kind of didn't have his head on straight. Um, you know, because they offered him, I think. Um, a lot of money last year and he turned it down. Um, you know, he said, I can get more in free agency, you know, and, um, then I didn't think he would get more in free agency. And he turns out he got pretty much what they offered him about 18 million a year. So, um, you know, the lions, I think were moving on for him. They had a new coaching staff. You know, I, I don't think the lions were, were big players for him. Now, plus the fact they, they made a change in quarterback, Matthew Stafford's now out in LA and they got Jared Goff. And I'm wondering how much of that played into Galladay's decision. Well, you know, look, Galladay certainly didn't say, I want to come to, you know, I want to go to play with Aaron Rodgers. I want to play with Patrick Mahomes. I want to play with, you know, um, you know, Joe Burrow. I liked what I saw from him before he got hurt. You know, I want to play with one of these young guns, you know. Um, look, this is the 31st-ranked offense. They have Saquon Barkley, so they're going to run the ball, right? They're going to run the ball. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones is uh, certainly unproven. There's no question about it. So, you know, he didn't come running for you know to just be you know this wasn't like um you know kevin durant coming and you know you know shacking up with um kyrie irving and and you know then them getting james harden you know it's not it wasn't like one of these super team kind of things you know um um you know daniel jones has a lot of proving to do so he didn't come to a team with a dynamic feared offense by any stretch uh but he liked what he heard and and look he got a ton of money you know he got a ton of money let's not let's not forget this you know was anyone going to offer kenny galladay Seventy-two million dollars. I don't think so. I don't think so. So you know, money talks. So you know, at the end of the day, he wanted to be here. He liked the vibe. That's all great. But if someone offered him seventy-five, I guess he would have. I bet he would have liked the vibe and 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 the the feel at that other place too. So it was they 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 offered him the most money. And then he said, okay, I like the vibe here. So, yeah. you know, it works hand in hand. Yeah, before I let you go, look, New York is a pro town. There's a lot of competition for the back page of the paper. And so the Giants, for the last two days, have now dominated the back page of the paper. I mean, let's face it, being the human element being what it is, Giants ownership is walking around going, yep, this is my team. Well, there's no question that this, 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 was a kickstart to everybody, not just the fans, not just the coaching staff. Everybody in that building was like, let's keep this going, let's keep this going. There's no question about it. But they've done a lot of losing the last few years, Howard. So I, I think, you know, guys like John Mara are not like rubbing their hands together and say, that's it. We, we, bought, we just bought ourselves a playoff here with, with, with this. They know it can go south. In, in, in 2016, they spent more money than anybody. They, they basically, not basically, they bought a defense, right? They got Snacks Harrison and Janoris Jenkins. Um, who else did they get? They got Olivier Vernon. You know, they bought a high-profile defense, and it was great for one year. Right. It was a mercenary group. They were great for one year, and then for whatever reason, injury, disgruntlement, uh, team went down, coaching changes, it all went south by the next year. But for one year, they were great. And, you know, I think this is built more to last. The coaching's more stable. So I don't think this is a kind of a one-year, let, let's, you know, let, let's do this all. Let's bring a band together here. 
pay a bunch of crazy money, get a bunch of old guys in and try to win. You know, these guys are young. Uh, they checked out Dory Jackson's knee. They checked out Kenny Galladay's hip. They, they deem it to be healthy. We'll see if they are. They deem it to be healthy. Uh, but yes, this is, this is a kickstart for everybody, everybody. And, um, you know, Daniel Jones, everybody, look, now they have to put it into action. You know, they'll, yep. they, they, I'm, sure, I'm sure in the spring and in the summer when I'm writing about these moves and we have OTAs, hopefully, and, and, and mini camps and all these things and on into, um, uh, you know, summer camp and training camp, I'm sure I'm going to be I'm going to write a lot of glowing stories about these guys and how they look and what they bring. You know, it's going to be very positive, And then they're going to have to start playing games and we'll see how it all works out. Yeah, it should be interesting. Well, it's only March. The end of March. Let's see. Let's see what happens come September. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate your insight, and you stay safe. You too, Howard. Thank you. Paul Schwartz, Giants beat writer for the New York Post. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube